Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. All right, hello and welcome again to the Grave Plot Podcast, a member of the Pod Gods Network. That's podgodsnetwork.com. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. Thanks for joining us again, guys. Um, got a uh, <clears throat> regular show. We got a show. <laughs> nothing nothing too special, uh, I, I guess. It's 31, though, which is our lucky number. Is it? Well, we were both born on 31st day of our respective months. Halloween is the 31st. It's true. Well, um, I guess we don't really have a lot of time for bullshit since you're apparently doing something tonight yeah i am um, mm-hmm. anyway um so horror business let's do it all right start off with um something we surprisingly haven't talked about yet um it happened no well, i don't know i think maybe a little before before we recorded our last episode, so theoretically should have talked about it, but we didn't. Um, in Columbus, Ohio, a substitute teacher was con- uh, basically busted by administration for showing ABCs of death to her Spanish class. Um, it's not really her Spanish class, as I said, she was a substitute. Um, uh, Sheila Kearns. Uh, she's a substitute Spanish teacher who, by the way, does not speak Spanish. So that was poor judgment on the Columbus School District's part, I think. Scraping the bottom of the barrel, apparently. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. She uh, <clears throat> put it on because she thought that it was not only that it was in Spanish, so she could use it as kind of a teaching aid, um, but I guess she thought because it was a. You know the ABCs. I thought maybe it was. I think she thought it was educational. Something. <laughs> Ignore the of death part. Right. <laughs> uh, she showed it to apparently several classes <laughs> of students, aging ranging in ages fourteen to eighteen. The first couple thought it was awesome. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. It, she. She when. <laughs> I, I, I read that when uh, the principal walked in, because she was ratted out by a student, um, for, I guess, this kid was upset by the really graphic and obs- just upsetting images that were in that movie. Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, man. It, it it sucks. I don't like it at all. But a lot of the imagery is really... You've told up. me about some of it. Yeah. Um, so she... Like I guess, like she looks and saw it, and she's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And she's like, trying to stop it or fast forward it or, or something. I'm just fumbling around the remote, and it paused right when the principal walked in with just some tits right on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, she I, she was obviously immediately fired. Um, she claimed that her back was to the screen, and she has no idea had no idea the. Uh, movie was so violent, uh, gory, or sexual, um, which may be so, but... But again... Again, the whole of, of death, death. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but in an update to that story, um, she has since gone to trial and been convicted of four counts of disseminating matter, or disseminating matter of harmful to juveniles. 
uh, which of course is a felony in Ohio. Um, she faces, I believe, up to a year, or I believe she's facing like a year of jail time. Uh, I, I imagine probably a pretty stiff fine too. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like. This is dumb. I mean, let's put aside the fact that she's just stupid for showing it. Have shown it in the first place. Okay. But really, you're gonna put her in jail for showing a movie to kids? Um, uh, well, I mean, apparently, disseminating matter. It's just, that's it's a, it's a crime. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's a fucking snuff film or something. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like. You know, it's not like showing porn to a kid to try and get it aroused so you can fuck it. Sure. Yeah. That would be wrong. Right. <laughs> not to say this is right, but, I mean, let's just assume that she's an idiot. And, I mean, she didn't harm anyone physically. So right. it's like sometimes you just She have may have to... scarred them mentally, but... Sure. Um, but sometimes you just gotta... Give the idiots of the world a slap on the hand. And just, you know, don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> anyway, um, so she will uh, appeal the ruling, of course, because why wouldn't you? I mean, you can delay something for years just doing appeals. True, but I mean, like, what leg does she have to stand on? Really, like she did it. She knows she did it. Well, sure. I don't think she's trying to argue the fact that she did it. I think she'll probably just try to argue the sentence itself. Yeah. Maybe you get some community service or something. Yeah, community service and a fine. That's plenty. Yeah. She's not going to do it again. She, she's never going to step foot in a classroom again. Oh, fuck no. She, <laughs> that career is done. I mean, she might be a greeter at Walmart now, but... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but the ABCs of death... Out on VOD and Blu-ray, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just, just a warning: it is very violent, gory, and sexual. Right. So do not show it to your classroom. <laughs> Especially when the principal walks in and there are tits on the screen. Right. Hit stop, not pause. Right. But the cat came back very next day. The cat came back. They thought he was a goner, but the cat came back. Just wouldn't stay away. Now the man around the corner swore he'd kill the cat on sight. He loaded up so continuing with nails and on our real life horror. Uh, and believe it or not, this is real. In Tampa, Florida, a cat was hit by a car and buried by its owners. And then five days later, the cat dug itself out of its grave and turned up in the owner's neighbor's yard. I realize this is the exact plot of Pet Cemetery, but it actually fucking happened. This is fucking terrifying. I mean, I, the situation would be terrifying. I would be just scared shitless if I saw my dead animal on my neighbor's yard. Yeah, and after I mean, I'd buried it. <laughs> like, if you see pictures of the cat, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's, like, its whole one side of its face is just gone. One of its eyes is completely whited out and it it looks like a fucking zombie cat yeah i mean it it's in worse condition than church is that the cat's name winston churchill yeah right um in pet cemetery tough it's in like far worse condition than that cat was um 
and yeah, it's fucking twisted. I mean, go just hit up Google and look up zombie cat, and this you know, this will probably be, I mean, probably your top ten results. If you go to news, it'll be the first one, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, it was like it was all over the place. Yeah, uh, I mean, not just like the horror sites, but like on actually like regular news mm-hmm. sites. Um, yeah, fucked up. Yeah, the cat is currently being tre- treated by the Humane Society and will eventually be returned to the owner, despite the fact that he apparently buried it alive. <laughs> well, I mean, the fucking thing was dead. I, it sure looked dead to me. Right. Yeah, even when it was alive, it looked dead. Yeah. <laughs> Undead, uh, actually. Uh, but, I mean, you know, fucking cat, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I fucking hate cats, you know this. I do. Um, but... This cat is like fucking Rambo, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's he's like the fucking cat from Always Sunny, right? Jack Bauer is born in a pile, in a puddle of gasoline. <laughs> Can't be killed. So the real story here is that the zombie virus has spread to felines, which means that humans are not far away. Yeah, we all go die. Yep. Straight the skin with my fingertips. Fans of Technus Chainsaw Massacre will rejoice with this story, uh, provided you have enough money to be happy about it. <laughs> um, Gunnar Hansen, the original Leatherface, is planning to portray Le- uh, the character one last time, following in the trend of you know, Robert England and Kane Hodder later on. Um, he's going to portray Leatherface one more time at Mad Ma- Monster Party in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it's the first time he's been Leatherface in 40 years. Um, That's crazy. I know. I mean, he was recently in Texas Chainsaw uh, 3D uh, as Boss Sawyer, who I believe is the dad the dad of the Sawyer family, right? Not, not the grandpa but like the dad uh i don't know that movie was not very good i i didn't think it was all that bad it was definitely better than that's because you were distracted by alexandra dario's boobs the whole time not the whole time <laughs> she wasn't on screen for the whole movie Come on. <laughs> well one can really just get lost in her eyes you know eyes right <laughs> Uh, Mad Monster Party, March 27th through 29th. Uh, there will be limited pre-sale tickets available. I believe you have to buy separate tickets to get some time with Gunner. Um, of course you do. Yeah, that's how they get you. That's how they get you! Yep. Um, and then beyond that, it will be first come, first serve at the door, provided the tickets even last that long. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's way too expensive. Um, I forget exactly what the prices were, but um, way overpriced, but that doesn't mean at all that anybody's going to stop people that have the money or even don't have the money. True. It's like, I have the money in my bank account. I'm not doing anything else with it. Fuck it. It's like, I can, you know, manipulate my landlord into letting me stay here for free for a month. <laughs> <laughs> um... Anyway, so yeah, uh, if that is of interest to you, 
and I'm sure it probably is. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this show. Um, yeah, if you don't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can just fuck right off. Right. Um, yeah, head over to madmonsterparty.com. Uh, it'll give you all the details about the con itself and how to get tickets. So uh, check it out. And if you end up going, tell us about it. Send us some pictures. That's uh, at uh, graveplotpodcast.com. Contact us contact at No, you don't. So, um, is it last episode? What? No, not last episode. Episode before last episode. We interviewed a young woman by the name of Tristan Risk, mm-hmm. who recently appeared in a short film called Call Girl, along with an actor named Lawrence Harvey, who you may recognize from The Human Centipede. Right. And we synced it two. at... Right? Yes, two. Human two Centipede and, two and three upcoming. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know he was in the new one, but... Yeah, we saw Call Girl at Crypticon last <clears throat> we year. We synced it. We, we synced it we with saw our own it. eyes. <laughs> that is to say, I saw it. Uh, well, Tristan and Lawrence will reteam for a new movie called Redacted. While on an afternoon hike, an unimposing man stumbles upon a humanoid creature with alluring female qualities. What? It's a short film. Oh, I thought you were. I thought that was like a hand signal for Redacted. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a universal <laughs> sign for Redacted. Come on, <laughs> get with it. A short film called Redacted, in which. While on an afternoon hike, an unimposing man stumbles upon a humanoid creature with alluring female qualities. While feel, fearful and in apparent need of assistance, the creature oozes sexuality and danger. But it is unclear whether where the danger really lies. Redacted is an exploration of the darker side of human nature when confronted with something strange and otherworldly. What role do you think Tristan's going to play? The man. Lars <laughs> is going to play the, <laughs> the the humanoid with alluring female qualities that oozes sexuality. Yep. <laughs> that is all Lawrence Harvey right there. <laughs> oh fuck! <clears throat> this is being written and directed by Andy Stewart, and uh, is being produced by a Glasgow-based company called Shining Example, who I've never heard of, nor I. But they are responsible for such films as Dysmorphia, Split, and Ink. Which are actually also Andy Stewart films, short films. So they're kind of intertwined, as it were. It, it were. Uh, according to Stewart, it's a slightly different direction for me this time, a brief step away from body horror and into sci-fi or fantasy. I am absolutely over the moon to be working with both Tristan and Lawrence on this project. Having Lawrence on board is hugely exciting and a little daunting to me. I cannot wait to see what he does with the role. Tristan and I have talked about working together for a while now, so I'm very happy to be bringing her to Scotland for this. That's why she was in Scotland. She said Ireland, though. Did she? I'm pretty sure. Maybe she was confused. (laughs) The same thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They they all wear kilts and drink whiskey. Right. Um, Yeah, I had that thought, too. The Scottish and Irish are the same? No. (laughs) I am both Scottish and Irish. 
which is why I'm cursed with this great, ginger beard. Yeah, <laughs> my ginger beard and um, covered in freckles. Anyway, lucky uh, you. Yeah, I got all the good genes. <laughs> Tony's ugly. <laughs> I'm Scottish, Irish, and Italian, and I got pale skin, freckles, and a red beard. My brother and sister got nice olive skin and dark, like, dark almost black hair. Yeah, thick, dark Italian hair. <laughs> You got the shallow end of the gene pool. I got fucked. You got, you got whatever's left, but you were first. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Anyway. Uh, that's it. That's all for that story. Story by talking about how ugly Tony is. <laughs> so, who's a fan of the X Files? Tim Bisley. Yep. <laughs> For those of you who don't know that who that is, you are not paying attention. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, X Files, uh, obviously a very beloved uh, television series. Uh, it's been off the air for, God, probably over 10 years now, I think. Um, anyway, uh, it seems that Fox itself is actually talking about, like, like really talking about uh, resurrecting the X-Files and bringing it back to TV in some capacity. Um, this was confirmed by Fox TV Group Chairman Gary Newman. Um, looks like it's kind of been spawned off of the popularity of um, 24. Uh, was it Live Another Day or Die Another Day? No, Live Another Day. Live Another Day, I think, yeah. Um, which was awesome. <clears throat> oh, my God. It wasn't even full 24 uh, episodes. It was fucking incredible. <laughs> By the uh, way, uh, The X-Files ended in 2002. Okay, so, yeah, over 10 years. Yeah. Thir- 13. Um. So, yeah, this was kind of a speculated on, because since we hadn't really heard anything from the stars yet. But it sounds like uh, David Duchovny telling USA Today that he seems to be really interested in it. He says, I'm more than happy and excited to bring it back to do, bring it back and do it again with Jillian and Chris. Um, that being, of course, Jillian Anderson and Chris Carter, the creator of the show. Formerly of the, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um... He said he went on to say, "I'm assuming that it will happen sooner rather than later. Now, we'll see what we'll see in what form and how many episodes. I certainly can't, nor would would I be interested in doing a full season. It would be in some kind of limited form. We're all old, and we don't have the energy for a full season, uh, which is understandable. I mean, full seasons aren't even really in vogue anymore. I mean, meanwhile, Kyle MacLachlan laughs at you." <laughs> What are you talking about? Twin Peaks is going to be like, what, 13 episodes? Yeah. That's almost a full season. It's like half a full season. <laughs> um, but like yeah, but I Kyle said... Kyle McLaughlin is a lot older than David Duchovny, though. Is he? Uh, it looks like it. Duchovny is, what, like 50... I think he's 54? 
two. I can't imagine Colin McLaughlin's a lot older than that. All right. Regardless. Um, Irregardless. <laughs> fuck you. Um, full seasons aren't really in style anymore. I mean, especially with, you know. Kinda... I don't even know what a full season is anymore because there's mid-season breaks and half-season breaks and quarter-season breaks and th- three weeks between episodes. I don't there's there's no seasons yeah. anymore. Com- there used to be TV seasons where it was this week would be uh, season premiere week, and then this week would be season finale week, and then there was reruns of everything during the summer. Mm-hmm. Now it's like all oh, our season runs from September to October, and our season runs from January to fucking December. Yeah, it's gotten really confusing, and it's really tedious to try and manage all the shows that I want to watch. But thank God for Hulu. Word. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so there's no date in sight as of yet, but it sounds like Fox is really anxious to get this going. Um, Whatever man. happened to Aquarius? Aquarius. The Charles Manson show that David Duchovny was supposed to be doing? Oh, who the fuck knows? Probably fizzled. All right, then. <laughs> it's fucking Hollywood. That shit happens all the time. Um. So, yeah, I'm pumped about this. I can only imagine that. Having given it such a long rest, I mean, God, when was the last movie? Like two thousand eight. I, I, if it was even that recent, I was gonna say two thousand six. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, it's been several years, so it's like they they've had time. They weren't just constantly exhausting their ideas. They've had time to build up right some ideas and get a good good uh, show going. And you know, if they do a limited season like they did with twenty four. It worked really well. I think it was something like 13 episodes, which is you know, pretty standard season nowadays, especially for cable. Um, I think that would be perfect, but I'd want to see it in more than one season. Yeah. Anyway, so... <clears throat> anyway. Uh, I'm pretty pumped about this. I'm sure you all are, too, so we will continue to keep you updated as we hear more. that we predicted, but I don't really want to take a lot of credit for because I think everyone saw it coming. Oh, yeah. Anybody with fucking half a brain. Uh, Friday the 13th has officially been moved yet again. It was originally supposed to, well, it was originally supposed to come out uh, like yesterday or something. (laughs) Uh, I I think it was March 13th originally. Yeah, I think so. Uh, of 2015, it was then pushed to November 13th of 2015. It is now set to come out Friday, May 13th, 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is still no script. Uh, writers Richard Nying, Nying and Ian Goldberg were believed to be writing, but apparently they were just jerking each other off or something because <laughs> they didn't do anything. Right. Uh, David Bruckner is still attached to direct, but no one really knows why or cares. Yeah, I, I don't understand why he's... Is, so is he getting paid right now? I don't know. But, I mean, it's like... I don't know how much he's hanging on to this. Like, if he's, like, putting everything else on the back burner. If he is, he's a fucking idiot. He's a, Yeah. I mean, because 
I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of VHS. Uh, I mean, I know he kind of made his bones in, in um, found footage type stuff, which, is, you know, if you remember, that was why I was so worried about him directing because mm-hmm. there was so much talk about Friday the 13th being found footage. Um, but, you know, he's a, a young director with a, a, a career to build, and for him to just stall on this and not go anywhere, that's just that'd be just dumb. Yes. So, uh, yeah, here's hoping this just kind of gets a death by delay. I, I, I don't think it. I don't think it ever will. I don't think. Uh, Platinum kind of has that uh, that Goonies mentality. I think. <laughs> Never say die. Yep. <laughs> um. Don't They're give just... them any ideas. <laughs> Next thing you know, God. Michael Bay is going to go buy fucking Goonies. Oh, fuck. Well, that's Spielberg. I don't think he'll sell them to Michael Bay. Yeah, that's probably true. Um. Anyway, so. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. Um, if this movie ever gets made, it'll be a fucking miracle. Or a fucking curse. Hey, So this is something we haven't talked about. Seems like in a while. In a minute. Right. Um, I was actually starting to forget about it, I think. It's one of those things I just kind of like started to assume it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, we kind of got that impression at certain points. Um, Especially with that happening, so many things nowadays. Yeah. Anyway. Um, But we are talking about It. Um, Of course, the popular Stephen King novel uh, being adapted once again um, with producer Seth Graham Smith, directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Is it Fukunaga or Fukunawa? I don't remember. It's one of those. Um, And so, yeah, that should be... It, it, it's it's sounding like it's going to be pretty exciting because um, he really it sounds like the whole team kind of really has a feel of what should be brought to a movie and you know the fact that it's going to be two separate movies <clears throat> allows me to believe that they will actually put that detail in that's needed in order to tell the story accurately I mean previously it was a miniseries on I think it was. I think it was ABC. It was network television, for yeah. sure. Which obviously, you know, you can't really have adequate horror on network television. Sure, and you know, if you want to tell the full story of a book that's about, oh, I don't know, between six and eight inches thick, <laughs> size of a fucking phone book. Yeah, um, you really gotta give yourself ample time to do it. And I think, I think it was like. Maybe like two hour long, no, two, well, I guess the miniseries was about four hours long, so you think that is probably roughly two two movies length. It was two VHS tapes, I know that. Right. Anyway, <coughs> um, so producer Seth Graham Smith did an interview with uh, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, he said that if anything... The new film will bring back part of the 
some of the viciousness of the book that they couldn't do with the miniseries because it was for broadcast. Um, he went on to say, uh, we're going to get a draft, what is supposed to be the shooting script, any day now from Kerry and his writing partner. Uh, we're going to deal with them, or we're going, we're doing a deal for them to write the second movie. Our hope is to prep some time in the next few months and shoot in the summer. Uh, that one is as much on the runway as we possibly can be. Um, I know that New Line is ready to go. So that's promising because it seems like all the pieces are kind of coming together. Yeah. Um, and for him to say that New Line, you know, the actual people. The money. You know, the money um, is, you know, ready to go. That's promising as well. Um, of course, I mean, you know, we we talked before about God. I say before, but that guy was probably close to a year ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. Um, talked about uh, New Line kind of uh, revamping themselves and kind of bringing themselves back into horror like they were in the eighties and mm-hmm. and early nineties. Uh, but I mean, we saw what a fucking travesty that the Nightmare on Elm Street remake was. So, I don't know. I'm a little... A little... skeptical. Yeah, a little skeptical of the fact... Or, you know, them pulling something off like this. Um, but, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, as we've mentioned numerous times now, the first film is, of course, going to focus on the main characters when they're children. Uh in their interactions with, you know, Pennywise or, you know, It. Uh, and then, of course, the second will show them as adults. Anybody familiar with the story, be it the novel or the miniseries, you know, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I don't... I, I haven't read the book, but I know in the miniseries, the two stories were intertwined. Mm-hmm. Is it that way in the book, or is it two chunks? I believe in the book, and, like, honestly, it's been probably 15 years since I've read this book, um, I believe it's actually separate. Okay, if, if I'm remembering correctly, because, like I said, in in the mo- in the miniseries, they were all intertwined, and so much of the the scenes of them as children was flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard for me to envision like an entire movie of them as children, and then an entire movie of them as adults. Yeah, um, like I said, there was so much that was cut out for for the the miniseries. Um, and I mean, there are several times when, in the movie, uh, Bill, like kind of the main character, um, he would like very quickly reference a story from when they were children. You know, when they were running from it. Um, and those were actually like full parts in the book. Like they weren't just kind of these brief mentions, like they were in the miniseries. Mm. So. Being able to expand on those things, I really think you, you know, create a full-length movie. Will they have the gang rape scene in the movie, though? I don't know. That is what's on everyone's mind. That is probably on everyone's mind. <laughs> um, that and who the fuck is going to play Pennywise? I don't know. I honestly, I don't think even Tim Curry could do it now. I don't think he could. I, don't, I mean, not that he would anyway, but yeah. Um, yeah, he's just too old and fat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, so uh, pr- uh, producer 
Dan Lin, uh, went on to say that uh, the most important thing is that Stephen King gave us his blessing. We didn't want to make this unless he felt it was the right way to go. And when we sent him the script, the response that Carrie got back was, Go with God, please. Uh, this is the version the studio should make. So that was really gratifying. So, so I guess to have you know Stephen King's approval and you know for the the studio to be ready to go on everything and you know, obviously, clearly a script's being written and everybody's just raring to go. I mean, I I don't see any reason why this won't be you know available to us you know in the next year or so. I do like that the studio actually like took the time to send the script to King and mm-hmm. ask for his approval. Yeah, for sure. Instead of just saying, "Here's a bunch of money, <laughs> give us the rights and go away." All right. You go back to your fucking cabin or lighthouse, wherever the fuck you live, <laughs> and go write another stand or something. <laughs> got some new info on the Walking Dead companion series Cobalt, uh, uh, specifically about the pilot. The pilot will be titled Fear the Walking Dead, although some outlets are actually reporting that's going to be the name of the show. I I hope not. If, if it has the Walking Dead in the title, I'm not going to be happy. Like, I, we get that it's a, unless it's like, I don't know, Fear the Walking Dead is a terrible name. Just walking, walking Dead LA. The walking Dead Los Angeles. Wow! <laughs> um, Fear the Walking Dead will take place at the very beginning of the zombie infestation, and the characters will not even believe it's real. Naturally. So, it's going to be like almost every zombie movie ever. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. Good. Good. What are those things? <laughs> uh, Bleeding Cool got a copy of the script, and according to them, the intro gives you a swerve, but the infection has not taken hold yet. The walkers are not yet known to the population at large, as society stands on the cusp of its own destruction. I don't know what that means, but I guess we will find out. Sounds a little political. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, reading about it, it sounds like there's definitely going to be a lot of, um, uh, you know, like power struggle and um, <clears throat> just like internal politics and, you know, shit like that. The world went to hell as soon as we elected a black president. <laughs> um. Yeah, so the fact that, like I said, this sounds like every zombie movie ever. They should call the pilot, thanks, Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fear fear the Walking Dead. Wow. Even for a title of an episode, that's stupid. Yeah, it is. It's bad. Uh, Anyway. um, Yeah. Oh, my God. If they call the show that I'm fucking done 
Like, I, don't, I can't imagine going to someone the next day and being like, did you watch Fear the Walking Dead last night? That just sounds so stupid. Yeah. That sounds clumsy in my mouth. <laughs> well, I think it sounds clumsy coming out of your mouth. Mush mouth. Yeah, you should be more worried about what's going into yours. My dick! <laughs> um... That's what we're going to end on. I guess. Oh my God, I went back again. Brothers, sisters, everybody sang. Gonna bring the flame, I'll show you how. Got a question for you, better answer now. Yeah. So people love zombie movies. People love westerns. People love the Backstreet Boys. What do these three things have in common? A Backstreet Boy wrote a zombie western. Backstreet's back from the dead, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so Nick Carter. Yeah, Nick Carter. Um, wrote a movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's a zombie western. Yeah. I... Um, it's called Dead West. Um, he wrote it for Asylum Pictures, who um, <laughs> specializes in mockbusters and sharknados. <laughs> That's their their specialty. Um, That's what it says on their business cards. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Home of the Sharknado. Um, uh, it's based on a unmade short, I believe, uh, called Evil Blessings. Um, the story is a gang of bandits from the Wild West who try to rob a bank soon find out that... Wait. Sorry. <clears throat> a gang of bandits from the Wild West who try to rob a bank and soon find out them... There's no out. Soon, Damn it. Soon find themselves... Shit. Uh, soon find themselves in the fight of their lives against a town full of zombies. Um, Nick Carter, <laughs> he said, uh, it's a zombie horror western movie. The zombie horror western movie film project. Uh, it's a hybrid movie. I created the story, co-wrote the story with a writer, and just did our meeting last week with Asylum. The co-wrote s- the story with a writer. Who? <laughs> Somebody should do his talking for him. Uh, he says um, they're the same people that did Sharknado, hey. uh, of course. Uh, so it's definitely a B movie, but with this movie, it's something that I wrote from my creative brain. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, he says, I'm passionate about this, and I enjoy being artistic in a sort of quirky way that's unusual. Uh, that's why I'm putting together the cast. <laughs> There's some names floating around, like, okay, follow me here. There's some names floating around, like Joey Fatone from NSYNC. Joey Fat One. <laughs> or an old buddy of mine. Brace yourselves. Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Just an out-of-the-box thing. Uh, but um, you can take solace in the fact that Nick Carter will not only be starring... In this blockbuster, 
but he will be directing it as well. So we have that to look forward to. So finally, the long anticipated Backstreet Boy NSYNC crossover. <laughs> also starring Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> with zombies and cowboys. Nothing about this sounds good. <laughs> I saw uh, a zombie western once, um, but it was like it was a comedy. Was it The Quick and the Undead? No. Oh, it had Chris Tan. Was that Quick and the Undead? Yeah, pretty sure. I thought that was a different one. Anyway, yeah, had Chris Tan and Matt Besser from Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, it was a funny movie anyway this is not that movie Uh, this will probably be funny but for completely different reasons right it will probably be Sharknado funny Um, so look out for that get excited folks because Backstreet's back alright This just sounds like a fart in a box. <laughs> Don't know if I've heard that term before. I just made it up. That's why. I go shit in your hand. <laughs> go poop in your fist. Uh, I've been meaning to use that more, and I keep forgetting. Uh, continuing the newish trend of horror on television. Fox has apparently greenlit a pilot for Frankenstein. But it's not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. <laughs> not even that. Um, this is from 20th Century Fox, and executive producer and writer Rand Ravitch and Howard Gordon. Uh, Ravitch is responsible for Crisis and Life. Howard Gordon is from 24 and Homeland. So it's like Rand Ravitch did some things, and Howard Gordon did some better things. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because Life and Homeland both had the same guy in it. Eddie Murphy? Nope. Not Life the movie. <laughs> Life the TV show. I was going to say, Eddie Murphy wasn't in Homeland. No, god damn it. What the hell is that guy's name? That ginger that was on Homeland. I never watched Homeland. Either did I, I just know the guy. And I try to avoid gingers. <laughs> Unless they're John Ryan. Did you see John Ryan's Twitter tirade about buttholes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he thanked someone for letting him use the word butthole like ten times. <laughs> On the radio. <laughs> uh, Damian Lewis. That's the guy. I don't know that guy. Yeah, you do. Let me see. That guy. Oh, that guy. That guy. Fuck that guy. He was in life. As he was in death. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This pilot that is apparently not Frankenstein follows Ray Pritchard, a morally corrupt retired cop, 
who is given a second chance at life when he is brought back from the dead. Now younger and stronger, Pritchard will have to choose between his old temptations and his new sense of purpose. Yeah, that's not Frankenstein at all. No. This is not even close. That's RoboCop. (laughs) (laughs) Except it sounds like it's, like, sexy RoboCop. Because he's... Of course, you know, Ray Pritchard, he's a morally corrupt retired cop. Which means he's probably going to be, like, a fucking shitty, fat, old, alcoholic douchebag. Um... And now he gets to come back as, you know, younger and stronger. So that probably means he's going to be, like, some fucking male model. He's going to be that ginger guy. <laughs> you know, that, that's entirely possible, I, I think. Being that both of these guys, uh, Rabbit and Gordon, have both worked with him. Um, anyway, so. So this sounds awful. Oh, yeah. Sounds uh, like a fart in the box. <laughs> Um, I think Fox is just getting a little too ambitious. You know, I think because Sleepy Hollow did so well and they didn't expect it to. In fact, they basically set it up to fail. I don't know why studios do that or networks do that, but they did. They put a brand new show on Friday in the death slot that... In theory, shouldn't have worked, but it was wildly successful. And now, I think because it did so well, Fox thinks they can do it again with something that just sounds stupid. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will. So, apparently somebody wants a Blob remake. Speaking of farts and boxes. <laughs> um, we talked about this before, a long time ago. Did we? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think. I don't remember. It's not, that's, that doesn't mean we didn't, but I don't remember. Um, well, I mean, there was a time when Rob Zombie was attached to me making a blob movie. And I'm pretty sure that's what we talked about. That's possible. Sounds like something we would talk about. Yeah. You know, horror. Right. <laughs> um, but it's looking like some new news is coming about, and it's sounding like Rob Zombie's not involved this time around. Um, Simon West, who... Would probably ring a bell from uh, Wild Card, The Mechanic, and Expendables 2. Um, is going to be starting with principal photography, uh, hopefully this summer, according to Deadline. Um, the original film, of course, which was released by Paramount, starred a young Steve McQueen. Um... The story sees a gelatinous alien life form emerge from a crashed meteor and begin to ooze through Downington, Pennsylvania, eating the townsfolk as it goes. Um, West went on to, or, excuse me, West said that um, with modern CGI, we can now fully Boo. Re- we can now fully realize the potential of the Blob. The world I create will be totally believable. Immersive and emotionally satisfying. It's a thrill to introduce an enduring icon to a wider audience. 
and a whole new era to uh, fans. So he thinks very highly of himself. I want to say you lost me at modern CGI, but really you lost me at Expendables too. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good. No. I mean, it was what you'd expect. That's true. It wasn't better or worse than what you exactly what you expected it to be. But I don't know if that's somebody that I want taking over the blob. I don't... Honestly, I don't really give that sh- give a shit about the blob. I don't really either, actually. <laughs> I mean, I was never really a fan of the original or the remake. It's kind of... I mean, it's it's just a big jello that eats people. It's, yeah. It's really not that entertaining. But I don't know. Just a big... Like, with CGI, it's going to be on a massive scale, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like... It'll probably take over New York or something. Yeah. Uh... I wonder if they will move it to a different location or if they'll keep it in Pennsylvania like the original. Or... If I had to guess, I I would guess New York. Because yeah. like I said, they would just make it a, a much grander scale because they can with CGI. You can right. make the blob take over the entire fucking planet if you wanted. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, you know, liquid, like, you know, like blood, I mean obviously two liquids but like liquid and water um and you know basically anything liquid <laughs> just looks like shit so liquid is what you're saying right just you know liquidy type things like liquids right <laughs> can you name some more liquids uh milk soda um <laughs> uh, <clears throat> puddles which of course fall in line with water which we already said Ice cubes, when they melt... Again. Liquid. Still water. <laughs> You're just saying different forms of water now. <laughs> what about liquids, Tony? Tell us about the liquids. Can I finish? Would you please? Liquids look like shit in CGI. Uh, that's just one of those things they haven't really been able to master. And I guess what I was going with with the whole blood thing is not just how it looks, but... Blood spatter, and you know when, you know a headshot or something, they just can't make that look right with CGI. Liquid is not much different. They just can't get the 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 motion of it and the you know the texture of it and like how it reflects light. They just, they can't get that right, and so obviously the blob is just going to end up looking like CGI. <laughs> yeah, it's going to end up looking like a fucking asylum movie. Yeah. <laughs> but at least it won't have cowboy zombies <laughs> or Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I don't know; they haven't cast yet. You're right. Fucking Justin Timberlake might be in it. Oh, wait, he was in Sync. Yeah, I don't remember any other Backstreet Boys. Joey Fatone's in Sync. <laughs> was was which one was Lance Bass in? That was in Sync. He was the gay astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> How ugly Tony is, my dick, and gay astronaut. (laughs) We're gonna roll. Oh. (laughs) Oh, fuck. So, the sequel to the worst movie ever made 
is currently in pre-production. I am, of course, referring to World War Z, and I am, of course, speculating because I refuse to watch it. Right. Because it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, Max Brooks should sue for slander. The stupid asshole signed off on it, so, you know, fuck him, too. Yeah, well, he's laughing all the way to the bank, so. But the sequel, World War Z 2, is, according to writer Stephen Knight, going to have a clean slate. Knight said, I thought, why not? What fun? When asked about his decision to take a crack at the script, he went on, it's not quite like the other. We're starting with a clean slate. When they've signed off, we're on. By they, he's referring to Paramount and Plan B. Uh, that's that's all he said. No one really knows what clean slate means. Is it going to be a reboot? Is it just going to be like different characters in the same apocalypse? No one really knows. But what we do know is that it's probably going to suck. Oh, yeah. Um, Unless they actually go back to the fucking source material and use that properly, but I'm sure they probably won't. No, I don't. I don't fully believe in this clean slate thing. I am pretty convinced that they're going to follow the same story. Probably pick up exactly where it left off. Just use different characters. Do you really think Brad Pitt's not going to put himself in this? Brad Pitt's not involved, to my understanding. Plan B. That's Brad Pitt. That's Brad Pitt's company. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I could swear that I read something saying that he's not going to be involved. So well, whether that means not acting or, or what, but... It could just be that Plan B is just financing it. Could be. Or they uh, could just have to sign off because they own the rights. Maybe. Um. Yeah, regardless, this is going to be a fucking disaster. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, for Mr. Stephen Knight, I, I just have three words for you. Battle of Yonkers. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should not be writing this movie. Right. This. It's, it's, it's just a train wreck waiting to happen. I mean. Uh, I don't even know what to say about this. Poor Max Brooks. I know. It's fucking opus. So, we might give you more info on this, or we might not because we don't care. Yeah, it's it really depends on what kind of news we hear. I mean, if it's so bad that we have to tell you, it's like something we just have to get out, then maybe we will. But I, I definitely wouldn't count on it being any good. Yeah, um, I'm definitely not excited. Yeah. And if you thought the first one was good, then you're part of the problem. It's been raised upon your body and your soul. Total control. Plenty of seeking. You know that you're eating the cannibals. However, something I am excited about. Right. We told you before that. Green Inferno was pulled from release, what, like a week before it was supposed to come out? Uh, something like that. Pretty close. Yeah, really close to the actual release date. 
That pulled. was back in August. Right. Just pulled from a release. Um, like, out of nowhere. Didn't see it coming. It was completely blindsided. Yeah. Um, well, first there was, there was talk of delays. It, right. it never was officially delayed, but there was talks of delays, which, like, Roth had fought to get that time slot, mm-hmm. that, um, that release. And then it was like, yeah, it might be delayed. It might be delayed. Oh, it's gone. Right. Um, so there, there was talk that like, yes, it's being pulled, but you know, there's just some internal politics bullshit between the studios and the financer or financier. Um, right. Had nothing to do with the movie, nothing to do with Eli Roth. Right. It was just, just politics. Yeah. Like it always is. Um, Thanks, Obama. <laughs> but uh, it sounded like, I, th- I don't think immediately, but probably maybe a week later, it sounded like it was coming out that the studio was still trying to work on it, you know, try to get it released, you know, still wanting to get this movie out and not just put it on a shelf because obviously it deserved better than that. Um so uh, Eli Roth actually came out recently and said, uh, as of right now, all systems are go for the theatrical release. Uh, he told that to IndieWire. He said, uh, here's the thing. Everyone is working to resolve it. Open Road has been amazing through this entire process. I really love them. They've been great. Even with whatever situation Worldview is going through, everyone is working together to find the best, cleanest, most positive resolution to get it and get the film out in the widest release possible. Uh, as far as when we might be able to see it, uh, he said, I think realistically it would be in the August to September range, which is just perfect because you're always looking for that good movie to finish out the summer. Yeah. Um, so this could definitely be it. And you got right before Halloween there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, play your cards right. Yeah. You take you all, all the way through Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. All the way from Halloween into Thanksgiving. Giving. Oh, uh, oh, uh, he keeps promising us every fucking year. <laughs> I'm starting to think he might be a liar. He, last year, he, he said something. I don't know if it was like a tweet or what, but he was just like, I promise you all will be carved. Right. But uh, until now, well, I mean, even now, it seems to be just blowing air or blowing hot air out of his ass. Still waiting on that. Yeah. Anyway, he, um, he went and made knock knock with Keanu Reeves instead. Yeah, because anybody gives a shit about that. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure you're well aware, Green Inferno follows a group of student activists f- uh, from New York City. Uh, New tra- York City. <laughs> Sorry. They travel to the Amazon to protect a dying tribe, but crash in the jungle and are taken hostage by the very natives they tried to save. Uh, means white kids need to mind their own business. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what it means. They keep calling me. to stick to my leg. You look like you were doing like the dude love dance at first there. You're like, <laughs> ow, have mercy. 
on that note, uh, a couple episodes back, we talked about how The Crow had yet another new director mm-hmm. and how Luke Evans was basically telling the filmmakers, get your shit together or I'm out. Right. Well, he's out. <laughs> Luke Evans has officially bailed on the remake of The Crow to pursue other projects, and this was confirmed by his publicist, to The Wrap. Yes, he has many things to do. He's very busy with Dracula Untoed part... Untold. Untoed. <laughs> Dracula Untoed. Dracula Untold part two. The mummy. <laughs> <laughs> we should team up. <laughs> Um, as we said, the the crow does have a new director, Corin Hardy, who is actually the third director. Mm-hmm. One name that has been rumored, although unsubstantiated, um, to replace Luke Evans is Tom Hiddleston, who you would know as Loki from Thor and the Avengers. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Me neither. Um, I don't think he'll do it. Honestly. Yeah. Um, he was actually, if I remember right, he was actually the kind of the go-to before Luke Evans was even involved. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of fallen back on him apparently, but, but again, that is just a rumor, right? So they, they may go a completely different direction and make the crow black or something for all we know. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, James Bond is allegedly going to be black now. Huh? James Bond is allegedly going to be black now. Ah. Ah. I'll believe that when I see it. So, uh, I don't know. Do you got any names that you would like to see play the crow? Edward Furlong? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh... I would say maybe Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but I don't know if he'd do it. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. I could, I, I can definitely see it. Yeah, but again, I just, I don't know that he'd do it. I don't either. I think he might be a little too big for it now. <clears throat> a little too Hollywood. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I don't really don't know. Yeah, me neither. Nobody jumps out at me. Yeah. Well, we will. Uh, you know, when we hear news or rumors. We'll let you know. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven. I'm sure Taylor's more excited about the story than I am. No, I'm not. You're not? No, I didn't like the first one. Really? I thought you did. No. Oh. Okay, well, (laughs) they're making a sequel to The Strangers. Uh, tentatively called The Strangers 2. Makes sense. For a movie like that, it seems so underwhelming. Yeah. Seems like they should come up with some, like, badass subtitle. They'll probably come up with some bad or and or ass subtitle. <laughs> um, sounds like Mark The Strangers 2. The Strangening. <laughs> uh, so... Sounds like Marcel Langneg. Careful how you pronounce the end of that ah. name there. <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> Langenegger? <laughs> um, 
is in negotiations to direct the sequel this spring. Uh, it's being written by Ben Kitai. Kitai? Probably one of those. We spend too much time on the show trying to pronounce names. Well, I mean, what do we... Uh, I... People just need to have regular names. Yeah, what like happened... Smith. What happened to Smith and Jones? <laughs> um, he... Back in my day. <laughs> I believe he wrote Beneath. I believe you are correct. Yeah, so... The Strangers 2. The Strangening. Uh, <laughs> follows a family on the verge of sending their troubled teenage daughter to boarding school as they embark on one last family trip to a mobile home park that their uncle runs. Of course, the family's last bonding opportunity turns to horror. Horror! Uh, when the teenage children discover the bodies of their aunt and uncle, fresh from a recent visit from The Strangers, The Man in the Mask... Pinup Girl and Dollface. They they have names? That's exactly what I thought. Okay. Uh, The night becomes a race to escape for the family as the masked killers take a new pleasure in tormenting their victims in this twisted sequel that picks up where the original's bloody footprints leave off. So does that mean it's going to be like the same day? Because that was a long time ago. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it means like literally pick up where it left off or just like as far as the franchise goes right uh, I'm surprised you didn't like this really? I could have sworn you did no I mean you're Mr. Home Invasion so yeah but this one was stupid yeah it was <laughs> but it did have Glenn Howerton in it oh shit that's right <laughs> I remember that was the first thing I'd ever seen him in aside from Always Sunny so it's like, oh shit, it's fucking Dennis. <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, it was really bad. Not bad actors. Liv Tyler. Yeah, and um, Scott Speedman. Speederman. Speedman. Um. Yeah, those two just together they like compound each other's bad acting. Uh, and Glenn Howerton was in it. Who's actually not a bad actor, and then he dies. So, yeah, he's not in it very long. No. Um. Anyway, so I don't have high hopes for this. Yeah, me neither. I'll I'll wait for Netflix on this one. Why this movie? Why would this need a sequel? It doesn't. There's so many other th- movies out there that I, I will go as far to say they need sequels, but they could use ser- sequels. I mean, behind the mask. Yes, that's one of them. Um, but no, strangers. That needs a sequel. We need to know more about that story. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're making. They're gonna be making purges until we die. So, paranormal activities. Um. Anyway, so strangers to stranger danger. <laughs> There you go. You got it. That's the one. <laughs> um, man, Mar- Marcel. He's got to change that name. <laughs> anyway, so that's all for this one. No more for this story. It's done. <laughs> no iPhone. 
I said Langenegger. <laughs> Write it. <laughs> <laughs> much we have talked about this i know but it's just like it's just like a shit storm and we have to keep telling you about how much shit there is yeah um, it's like i feel like a weatherman in the middle of a shit storm like, don there's so much <laughs> shit it's coming down in droves uh I'm, I'm sure most of you probably know this by now because it was the worst kept secret but uh, Paul Feig announced his Ghostbusters crew. Uh, Kristen Wiig, who is, of course, from Bridesmaids. The, she's like she's like the least upsetting part about this. Yeah. Not to say that it's not upsetting. She will play Aaron Garber, a published author on the subject of the paranormal, who now works for Columbia University. A.K.A. Peter Bankman. Right. Uh, Leslie Jones, who you would know as, um, or you would know from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you would know as Ellen from Saturday Night Live. Ellen? She plays Ellen. That's like her shtick. No, Leslie Jones is the black one. Oops. <laughs> Got him mixed up. Not good with names. She, she is the... Um, Taller, larger of the black actresses on Saturday Night Live. I don't. Um, she is playing Abby Bergman, who co-authored the book with Aaron Garber. Since publication, the two former colleagues had a falling out and went their separate ways. Abby more actively chases ghosts a la Ghost Hunters. The tension between academic investigation and mainstream media investigation is central to the story. Very important that you understand. Right. Uh, she is also known as um, Oh my god, how am I spacing on this? <clears throat> she did she is also known as uh race dance. Oh, yes. <laughs> um Leslie Jones I always want to call her Shirley Jones who is of course not her name that is of course from the Partridge family (laughs) Um, Leslie Jones did a skit on Saturday Night Live where she played Black Annie Blanny the character's name in the skit was Black Annie (laughs) awesome Uh, moving on Kate McKinnon who is who Tony was thinking of yep that's Ellen. She plays Ellen. She also does Justin Bieber. Uh, uh, both characters are just... Just awful. <laughs> anyway. She will be playing Abby Berman's new partner, Jillian. Melissa McCarthy will be playing Patty, an NYC subway worker who stumbles across the main supernatural threat in the film. Let's be real here. Let's just cut the bullshit. Melissa McCarthy is going to be playing Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> She's going to play the loud, fat one. Right. She's going to... Let's... Hold on. Hold on one sec. 
Let me name off all the AKAs that her character can go by. Um, let's see. Uh, Tammy, Mullins, Cassie, um, Diana, uh, Megan. Megan was Bridesmaids, right? Yep. I didn't know. I don't know any of the other ones. Uh, just all her other movies. The only thing, the only thing where she didn't play that same character was fucking Gilmore Girls. Right. That's and, and that was where she got her start. Yeah. Well, it's like she started just playing this like fucking disgusting hot mess. It's just like a complete train wreck, and that now that's like her thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I wonder if we're the only horror podcast that talks about Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I don't know. But I've heard some pretty, like, sorry things on other podcasts. So. <laughs> um, Cecily Strong mm-hmm. is still being circled. Uh, they would like her to play the role of a government official. Uh, Peter Dinklage is also still being circled as the main antagonist. I wonder if they've even... Because everything I read about this said, oh, we really want Peter Dinklage to play the, the villain. Are they trying to negotiate through the press or something? I, it almost seems that way. It's like not not once have I read this, like, oh, they're in contact with his representation or anything like that. Or, you know, They're actually in negotiations with him. Right. None of that. It's just like, oh, well, they want him to play it. It's like, well, maybe you should make your move. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like asking your friend to go ask if the girl thinks you're cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the studio... Hopes to convince Bill Murray to star as Martin Heiss, a man who is a professional supernatural debunker who is out to prove that the Ghostbusters are frauds. Which, who who played that guy in the, in the first Ghostbusters? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. I don't think there was a person in Ghostbusters. They did that. That was the guy who was trying to, like, get him shut down. The redhead guy. That was Ghostbusters 2. Oh, well, yeah, the first one, yeah, it was um, the EPA guy. Um, God, I always forget the actor's name. Um, So, yeah, that's probably not going to happen, I'm going to go ahead and say. No, God. Why would they even... Considering Bill Murray wouldn't be in it when he was going to be a Ghostbuster. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be in it now. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe he just doesn't want to play Peter Venkman. Maybe. No. If we give him a different role. That's not the case. Well, I mean, it does appear that this movie is going to exist in a world. Even though it seems like it's going to be called Ghostbusters 3, it's going to exist in a world where... Is it? I think. I mean, that's what everybody's calling it, and I haven't heard anything different. I kind of got the feeling it was just going to be called Ghostbusters, but I don't know for sure. Well, maybe it is. Actually, I guess that's what it does say on IMDb. It doesn't say Untitled Ghostbusters Reboot. No. That's what it usually says. Shit like that. No, it actually says Ghostbusters. But you know <clears throat> you know who was all in favor of this cast? Was Dan Aykroyd. Fuck Dan Aykroyd. But he failed to mention in his statement that he was a producer on the movie mm. and is probably bound by contract to say that. Well, if he's a producer, he stands to make a lot of money. So he's going to fucking jack this movie up as much as possible right um I can't 
even begin to talk about what a fucking tragedy this movie is. Yeah, it uh it it just it just goes from bad to worse to worser. Yeah. It's like it's so bad. I had to invent a word. Yeah, to it's just... so bad where worser is an actual word. <laughs> um yeah. I yeah. I told you about that article online that I was reading and I commented on it, right? Which one? Uh it's this guy he posted he said that uh, Oh, he called you a fanboy? No, that was somebody else that called me somebody else that called me a fanboy, not the actual original author. But this guy that wrote the article, he says that you don't have to worry about Ghostbusters 3 ruining the series because Ghostbusters 2 already ruined it. Shut your whore mouth. Yeah, and so I went on to tell him how stupid his article was and how, you know, just what a waste of time it was and how uh, he's overthinking it and he's overanalyzing and nitpicking a movie that's supposed to be, like, not only a comedy but a fantasy movie. Right. Um, And he's, like, contradicting himself and... Then I told him to shut up and get off the internet and, you know, typical uh, flamer troll type stuff. Because <laughs> I do that sometimes. Sometimes something just really hits me and I just can't let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, uh, some guy said, it's like, your post sounds like some of the most fanboy drivel I've ever seen. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know who I am? <laughs> Well, it's like saying that I don't know, like, uh, you know, how, like, there's been almost nothing uh, announced about it and, like, how I could possibly know anything about the movie and it hasn't even started shooting. And it's like, well, I've already explained that it's going to be bad because of the cast, the director, and the writers. But in addition to that, I haven't, I know pretty much everything that there is to know about it so far because I run a fucking horror show. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, if they give me reason to think it's going to be good, I'll say so. Right. They have not done that yet. No. Everything about it has been bad. I yeah. haven't liked a single thing that's happened. Anyway. So, now that we're both riled up, <laughs> let's move on to some reviews. What would you like to start with, sir? Um, uh, whatever. Zombievers. All right. Here we are. Home sweet home. Make it rain, bitches. What is that? Looks like a beaver dam. Let's go take a look. You girls from out of town? We're staying over there in my cousin's place. We were... Looking for beavers. Well, hell, ain't we all? Well, I've had enough excitement for one day. What was that? Someone in there? There's a beaver in the bathroom! Kill it! Yuck. Can we please go swimming now? Ever occurred to any of you that there might be more beavers? Never occurred to you. 
The fuck? Is that blood? Holy shit! Never seen a real beaver before, close. Well, maybe you should try going down on me once in a while, but we cannot turn against each other right now. That is exactly what the beavers would want. Beavers are generally more active at night. The road's locked. We sure as hell can't get through on foot. Fuck a bag of dicks! There's no way I'm jumping up for this. So this was a movie that I was really excited about, not because I thought it was going to be good, but because I thought it was going to be so bad that I was going to laugh my ass off. Um, I'm just going to cut to the chase here. It was neither of those things. It was like right in the middle to where it wasn't like really good and really funny, but it also wasn't so bad that it was funny. It was like just dead in the middle where it was like, it's okay. And because of that, it's like I really didn't get what I wanted out of it. A <laughs> uh, little breakdown of the plot here is um, it starts out with <laughs> two truckers played by Bill Burr and fucking John Mayer of all fucking people. Yeah, like I saw those two guys and I was because he, he's got... Uh, aviator sunglasses, a, a wig, and a fake handlebar mustache. Yeah, very clearly fake mustache. And so I'm like looking at it, and I'm like, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. Like, I recognize that guy, but he's got all this fake shit on his face. And so I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, it's fucking John Myers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I remember you had texted me before I actually watched it. He said, fucking John Myers is in uh, Zombievers. And I, in the time that you told me that, and the time I actually watched it, I had forgotten. And I did the same thing. I'm watching, I'm like, who is that? Well, that's why I made sure not to tell you who he played. Right. Uh, I'm sitting there like, who is that? And then, like, it was actually his voice that registered. Mm. Because I had just watched uh, John Mayer. John Mayer has a show. Oh, really? I just watched it, like, a couple days before. Um, actually, I guess it was, like, last weekend, but still, like, fresh in my mind. Which, and if you haven't seen it, the best thing John Mayer has ever done. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, go YouTube. Like, all the different clips are on there. John Mayer has a show. It was some one-off VH1 thing that he did uh, several years ago. Fucking hilarious. Um. Anyway, so they're truck drivers. They're driving along the street, and... They're transporting this kind of generic biohazardous, biohazardous shit on the back of their truck. And they're very unprofessional. <laughs> and a canister falls off their truck. Uh, they don't notice. And it rolls off into a river and kind of follows down. You follow it down the river and it hits into a beaver dam. And... Um, Starts spraying what looks like uh, the ooze from You Can't Say That on Television. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. but Sure, that, too. Yeah. Basically any kind of viscous green muck. Muck. Yeah. Nope. 
Um, Gak. Remember Gak? Yeah. Fuck. Dude, they fucking brought Gak back. Did they? Yeah. Nice. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I need to get some. <laughs> um, I remember... I, do you remember they made scented Gak? No. Oh, God. There were some that smelled all right. But there was one in particular that I think I got for Christmas or my birthday or something. It was fucking buttered popcorn. And it was one of the worst smelling things ever. <laughs> and I remember... I think I had it like it's like sitting I was sitting in my mom's recliner and I think I had it like sitting on my stomach or my chest or something like in the canister but I think the lid was off and I fell asleep and it rolls off into the side of the chair and it just oozes out and just like sticks to the fiber so that chair stunk like cheap buttered popcorn scent until the day we got rid of it <laughs> anyway back on track here um, elsewhere, uh, three girls, uh, sorority sisters, if I remember right. IMDb says a bunch of groupies. I don't know where they got that from. <laughs> you get groupies of what? Yeah. You can't just be a groupie. You have to be a groupie of something. Right. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure in the movie they said they're sorority sisters. Uh, Mary, Zoe, and Jen, um, are traveling up to a cabin owned by Mary's cousins or aunt I think aunt and uncle or something Um, because apparently Jen's boyfriend was banging some other chick right and so they They were having a girls weekend it was originally supposed to be them and their boyfriends but then yeah okay Um, when uh, Jen's boyfriend cheated on her they, they made it a girls weekend right okay uh, so that turns the shit when the guys show up out of nowhere. Yeah, they show up anyways. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it's because uh, Zoe, who's like the slutty one. Yeah. You recognize uh, her? Huh? You recognize her? Should I? Yeah. No. She's in Silent Night. Same girl? They're the same one that showed her boobs? Yep. Really? It's the same girl? Same girl. Courtney Palm. All right. Well, okay. She's also the only one that shows the boobs in this movie. Yep. <laughs> um, but as I said, she's kind of the slutty one. She tells her boyfriend to bring him and his his friends, you know, the, the other two boyfriends, uh, up to the cabin. <clears throat> one, of course, is Sam, Jen's estranged boyfriend. <laughs> and the other one is Chad. Right. Uh, colloquial note. Colloquially, uh, that's one of those words I can't say. I forgot. <laughs> colloquially, no, I can't say it either. Shit, that's not a real word. <laughs> Doesn't exist. <laughs> colloquially, ha. Um, known as Tommy. <laughs> um, right, and then Zoe's boyfriend is Buck. Right. Um, so the six of them are up the cabin. Um, it seems like the only one that doesn't want, like that genuinely doesn't want the guys there is Jen. Who, yeah. You know, she's well, like, cause she's the only one that's not getting any. Right. I like, but Buck's, that's by like, her own choice. I like Buck's pillow talk. He's like banging her from behind. Oh, and he's yeah. like, I feel like a power ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Him. are way too hot for me. <laughs> Yeah, 
one nice thing about this movie is it's one of those ones where they have uh, the bloopers, like the blooper reel yeah, during, during the credits. credits. And yeah, there was some of that scene, and it was pretty funny. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so they start, you know, trying to make the best of it, and they go out to the to the lake, and um, quickly discover <laughs> that uh, zombies or the, the beavers have become very vicious. For some reason. They got the devil in them. Right. Um, but we as viewers know that they are actually zombievers. Oh, I said it. I said it. I done did it. Um, and so it just kind of becomes a fight for survival, which doesn't seem to go very well. For anybody. For for anyone. Um, yeah. So what did you think? I had low expectations. Sure. You kept being like, yeah, fucking zombie birds. And I was just like, oh, Christ almighty. (laughs) Uh, But I actually enjoyed it. Really? I thought it was not as stupid as I expected Mm -hmm. because it didn't take itself too seriously. That's what I was worried about. Oh, I didn't expect it was going to take itself too seriously at all. See, that's what I, I was worried that it would, it was going to take itself too seriously. It'd just be awful. But I think it's, it's the perfect amount of kitsch. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, it it one nice thing I that seemed to have was that it really captured this element of like '80s schlock horror. Yes, um, they did it pretty well. I mean, it wasn't like in your face where it was just like a like a full on throwback, mm-hmm. but it had elements of it that made it kind of gave it that that flavor, but in a modern setting, right. So that was good about it, yeah, for sure. If more movies could find, like, not even just that that schlock, but like find a way to remake feelings of old movies mm-hmm. in a modern setting without actually fucking just remaking the movie, right? Then we would all be a, a, in a better place. Well, they don't even do that with remakes. They just say, "Hey, here's this story from the '80s. We're going to put it in modern times." Yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> um, so. Which remind me when we're done with the reviews, I want to. There's something I want to on that on that same subject that I want to talk to you about. Okay. Um, so there's some just weird, wild shit that goes on in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of what happens to the people that get bitten by the zombievers. I don't want to give it away. Right. Uh, well, I don't know. Is it a spoiler? I it's I didn't see it coming. Okay. Well, I think they put it off long enough that you kind of forget. Like, you don't really think that anything more is going to happen than what has happened. Right. And then it escalates. Yeah. Th- throughout the movie, I mean, I'm, you know, I, as a zombie movie fan, and, you know, I'm sure you were doing the same thing. Throughout the entire movie, you're thinking, okay, these people have been bitten. Are, are, is this not an infectious disease? Well, because it's not really a disease. It's the toxic waste. Sure. But, I mean, obviously they are zombies. I mean, it's like um, uh, Return of the Living Dead with, you know, um, trioxin. Right. It's like, yeah, it's an original infection through some kind of biohazardous material. But it is communicable. Right. Um, So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's a good point. But it's like you wonder... 
in you know most zombie movies it's like a human zombie bites a human right so you're kind of wondering maybe it's not transferable from species to species right. or yeah and it's like like you said i i really want to talk about it but it's a, kind of a spoiler so i don't i don't, don't give it away yeah but so, yeah, um, it's it's more or less like a monster movie for most of it a little bit yeah um I was gonna. I was actually when I was watching about watching it. I'm thinking, well, this is what I'll say during the show. But now I'm thinking about it, and even even that's actually kind of a spoiler. Um, so I won't say it. All right. <laughs> um, the what, what was your take on the characters? Um, I mean, they weren't too stereotypical. You you did have really. You I, I I they were stereotypical, but not. Like, to the point where it's like, yeah, we get it. Like, yeah. you did, you know, have the jock guy and, um, you know, the kind of goofy stoner guy. and um, The regular guy. <laughs> and the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hutch Dano. What's that actor's name? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought they were, they were all right. Yeah, um... I yeah I guess it wasn't like really in your face as far as the um... right you didn't have um, Tommy like he wore a Letterman's jacket but it wasn't like hey I'm Tommy quarterback of the football team here's my football right <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there was like between Mary and Jen it seemed like they almost took like the Survivor girl character and split it in two. Like put certain attributes into Mary and certain attributes into Jen. Yeah, um, I mean Zoe, of course, is the slutty one. Right, that's her shtick. Yeah, and you know, there's usually like the survivor girl, the slutty one, and then like the best friend. Yeah, Mary was obviously the best friend, but had elements of survivor girl in her as well. So, um, yeah. And there's even a little bit of lesbian action. A little bit for about two seconds. Yeah, don't get too excited. <laughs> um, so what would what, you think of, like, the story and how that, like, the, the, the story as a whole? I mean, did you think it was kind of well-worn, like, maybe overworn territory, or do you think it was original enough? I mean, obviously... Zombie Beavers, that's kind of a new one. That's right, I was going to say. No, <laughs> Zombie Beavers is not that well worn. Um, no, I thought it was it was creative. It's it's kind of a, a new spin on something you've seen a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, it was definitely a new one. Um, it reminded me a lot of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I can see that. Just with the very archetypical uh, characters essentially stuck in a cabin but kind of flipped on its head right um, yeah I mean it wasn't the typical cabin in the woods type movie obviously it was m- more of a zombie movie actually I don't know would you relate it to a zombie movie like I said it's really more of a monster movie for right. most of it because it's yeah. not like this like quickly spreading thing where it's just you know, more and more people get infected and it just becomes overpowering. Right. Yeah, I mean, you've got a pack of... Be- a pack? A uh, den? No. I think no, I think it is a den. 
Den? Uh, no, no, because a beaver den. I don't know. Let's look it up. Okay, Google. Oh. What is a group of beavers called? A colony. Colony. Okay, we've got a colony of beavers. Um... And that—that's really it. I mean, it's not like it's ma- like you said. It's not like a massive spreading mm-hmm. pandemic. I mean, it's just a really isolated incident. Yeah. I mean, it—it it really gives you like kind of a sense of seclusion because you don't see much. You don't. I mean, you see like the cabin they're staying in, see their neighbor's cabin, and the lake. I mean, that's really it. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you don't know how big this area they're in is, but you do know that there's only, like, one road out of there. So you maybe presumably, like, a valley of some kind. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. Um, but like I said, this was not, like, an action-packed, you know, edge-of-your-seat type movie by sure. any means. Um but at the same time, like I said, it was not that kind of movie where it's just so stupid that you can't help but laugh. Um, it was kind of r- really middle of the road. Yeah. Um, not to say that it was poorly done. I mean, it was what most people would probably expect from a movie called Zombievers. Um, you know what shocked me was uh, the lack of innuendo. I would have thought there'd be For, double beaver innuendos. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought there'd be double entendres all over the place. There, there was a, cu- a couple, but um, it, they even got called out for like, oh, okay, that's enough of that. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I guess all in all, it was a, a fun movie. Um, but I, I don't think I'll be adding this to my collection anytime soon. <laughs> So, um, I think in the end, I will probably give it a, I'm going to stick with my middle of the road and say five. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like I said, for me, I had lower expectations than you. I, I expected it to just be over the top stupid. Um, but I think it actually, it, it had the right mix of being just campy enough and and being able to make fun of itself uh so i i think i i'm gonna give it actually a six all right so our second review is uh from 2014 it's something that i picked because it came fairly highly recommended from several sources and it is a movie called starry eyes Welcome to Big Taters. My name is Sarah. Can I start you guys off with an order of our Freedom Tots? We got all these people, all our friends. They're just sitting around trying to figure out what to do, trying to figure out how to make something. I thought you were avoiding me. Why would you think that? Because I stole your role. Come on, you lady. So hard. Every week it's a new class, a new audition. Hopefully you'll see something in me. I know I'd be great for this. We'll be in touch. 
again. And Sarah, this will be different. Sarah, relax yourself. Sarah, if you can't fully let yourself go, how can you ever transform into something? You said this movie was very highly recommended. It, it, like it really was. It was everywhere. Everybody, everybody was pump, uh, pushing this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, like I was not surprised that you put it on here, but it's just like, oh yeah, that fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, so Starry Eyes is about uh, Sarah who is a waitress slash aspiring actress as all all women in California are. (laughs) Um, And she gets an uh, audition for a part in a movie called The Silver Scream by a studio called Astraeus, which is uh, apparently in the story they're kind of trying to come back from a slow series of movies. Yeah, it sounded like they were like hot shit back in the day like the 50s and 60s maybe um and just kind of had a a slump yeah for an indeterminate amount of time right and then they're allegedly coming back Mm -hmm. uh so she goes to this audition they initially just kind of dismiss her she goes into the bathroom and just starts beating herself up Literally, yeah. Um, pulling her hair, pulls out. her hair out, and just totally uh, commits violence against herself. And the the casting director ends up seeing her do this, and so they call her back and want her to do it in front of them. Right. And then she does, and they they dismiss her again, and she just feels awful. But then they call her back for a second audition, and uh, want her to meet the producer. And, of course, as always happens, the producer wants that beaver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants her to hop on the old ca- casting couch. Yeah. And it seemed like it, it took her a while to figure out what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it was very clear that this guy was a creep, like, from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he sits down next to her. And he's like kind of a close talker, and he starts. He like puts his hand on her leg, and then slowly starts making his way up. And she just keeps talking. Yeah, it's like if I were in that position. I mean, obviously, if I were a woman sitting next to some creepy old man with his hand on my leg, and he moved his hand an inch, I'd be all right, done, <laughs> bye. 
I mean, at least you would kind of move your legs to the other side or something. Just You would, wouldn't just sit there and not do anything. Yeah, and she's kept talking. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm perfect for this role. And eventually his fingers were inside her. Yeah. Practically. I don't know if that really happened. Maybe. She couldn't really see. It was under her dress, but... You could say it did. I mean... Sure. Prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she bails and then eventually changes her mind, goes back, takes a load in the mouth. Probably. Prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you can hear the sounds. Yep. Those ones. <laughs> I don't think the mic picked that up. But. No, I did. I heard it. <laughs> um, and then that's where shit just gets weird. Yeah. She starts to kind of deteriorate. Her body just breaks down. She gets really sick. Uh, she gets really sickly. Mm-hmm. Um, she just her, her nose gets bright red like an old alcoholic for some reason. Yeah. That was like one of the first things. It's like she it looked like she was blowing her nose too much. Yeah. And she's just, like, vomiting, and like I said, her, her entire body is just breaking down. And she starts getting really erratic. Yeah, she's having, like, fits. Yeah, and, like, nightmares, and she starts being really creepy. Like, she gets, starts laughing when her friend breaks her nose. and She uh, slapped her boss. Yeah, which, but... do you realize that was Pat Healy? Um, help me out here. From, um... Cheap Thrills. Oh yeah, I didn't know my name. I haven't seen that, so I didn't. I didn't even recognize him. Has he been in something else? Uh, or was he just mainly Cheap Thrills. Cheap Thrills is, I think, his opus. But okay. <laughs> I, I love the name of that that restaurant she works at. Big Taters. Big Taters. <laughs> it's like some Hooters like, wannabes. Yeah, just really poorly done Hooters type place. Yeah. Um. I love what a creepy is, though. Like, I almost couldn't tell if he was doing it on purpose or if, like, he was aware that he was being a creep. Yeah. But. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> she's on her phone while she's working, and he comes up and he says, Hey, Sarah, you know the, you know you're not supposed to be on your phone. And she says, I'm sorry. And she, like, kind of drop her hands drop out of frame, and then she doesn't have her phone anymore. And she's, you know, like the waitresses, they're wearing like these skin tight, uh, I don't know, spandex pants, looks maybe. Like they are leggings. Or... Yeah, or like they almost look like maybe like some kind of reptile skin, maybe. I thought it was supposed to be beer. Beer? Yeah. Oh, maybe. That's the, that's the, to me, the pattern looked like it was supposed to be beer. Okay, I didn't get that close of a look at it. So, I, um, But anyway, so it's like skin tight. Like you could see it if she had a fucking penny in there right and um she walks away and he's staring at her ass and this cook like catches him in the act and he's like what where's she where's she even hiding that thing yeah <laughs> so anyway <clears throat> back on topic uh yeah so she starts just lashing out at her friends who are also aspiring artists either actresses actors filmmakers um including noah segan from uh, Dead Girl mm-hmm. and Get the Girl. He, he is probably the best. No, I, I won't say he's the best part about this, but he was like really stood out as one of the more, more believable characters, I thought. Wait a minute. Nick Simmons was in this? 
Uh, you gotta help me out again. Gene Simmons' son? Oh, sure. <laughs> Who the hell's Ginkgo? I don't know, man. I don't know names. Well, apparently Gene Simmons' son is in this. Um. Oh, was he that? No, never mind. That doesn't really matter. He's probably one of those assholes at the party at the beginning. Probably. Oh, you know what? I think he was the guy that came out while she was in the in the kitchen. He like came out of the room. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" She walks into the bathroom. He's one of the roommates. No, I think that was uh, Poe Shane Coffee. Oh, I don't know. Fuck it. It's just not important. Uh, so yeah, she lashes out at all of her friends, and then some stuff happens at the end that I can't really give away. Yeah. And uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I can sum up this movie in six words. Rosemary's Baby meets Contracted meets The Illuminati. That was seven words. I wasn't going to say that, but... <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I definitely drew a lot of correlation between this and uh, Contracted. Yeah, because her body is just breaking down, deteriorating, and it's exactly like, like how it happened in Contracted. And yeah. she, you know, she becomes more and more violent, which is what happens in Contracted as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are two parts that were, well, one part that was completely unwatchable for me, and another part. Fingernail? Yep. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it at all. I knew it was coming, because, like, she's she's down at the toilet bowl, like, throwing up, and, like, you can see, like, she has her hand on the rim, and she looks at it, and, you know, of course, her fingers look like hell. They're all busted up. Yeah. And I knew it was coming. Yeah. So I just looked away. Which, if I'm not mistaken, the exact same thing happened in Contracted, did it not? Uh, probably. I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then went in somebody's salad. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Fuck. <sighs> anyway. So, yeah, I looked away, but I could still hear the sound, like like the slimy sh- sound, and then the sound, what I presume was her fingernail dropping into the toilet. Yeah, um, that was that was bad. Oh, I forgot to mention the entire Astraeus pictures. They're a cult, right? Um, Which that's obviously what drew me to the, the Rosemary's Baby connection. Yeah, uh, there was definitely all of them witches. What all of them witches? Right. Um, it was uh, like 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 contracted, except more with a kind of satanic. Yeah, you never really know what's wrong with her. Because she's, she's not pregnant. Right. Well, there's this kind of ongoing thing, like, right from the beginning. Like, when she first applies for this role, or, you know, submits her, like, headshot or whatever for this role, um, it's, like, a lot of uh, talk about, like, rebirth and, like, abandoning your old self to become new and, you know, shit like this. And it's like it's hard to follow at first it's like where are they going with this right and then you know she really starts to break down and it's like okay when's this rebirth supposed to happen yeah um yeah so what did you think um I liked it um I was expecting something a little more of a gross out I guess, you know, this movie did a really like I should say the marketing did a really good job of not telling you what it was about. Yeah, that's definitely true. I really had no idea what it was about going into it. Yeah. All I knew was that she 
um, was a budding actress and would do anything to get famous. Right. That was really, I think that was, it was like the tagline or something was basically all I knew. Well, it's like she, you know, it's uh, a lot of talk about, like, like I said, it's like, oh, you know, a desperate actress is willing to do anything to, to, to get ahead and, you know, she's willing to become something else. You know, think like really very vague illusions. Right. And, um, so it, because of that, it really had me kind of drawn in through the entire movie, even though most of the movie, there isn't shit going on. Yeah. I, I feel like the movie doesn't really know where it wants to go at points. Like it's, it's demonic at some points and then it's a body horror at other points mm-hmm. and then it's other things at other points and it just feels like it's I don't know they don't feel cohesive it just feels like they didn't know what kind of horror movie they wanted to make yeah they just wanted to just throw a bunch of different subgenres into one movie see I think I I sense like it, where, where, where it seemed like where they wanted to go with it but like you said it just it seemed very disjointed yeah and um, like 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 the, the the transitions, I guess, weren't very smooth. It was just choppy at points, and I don't know. Like there, maybe just a little too much going on, and like they didn't really know how to make it all connect. And it almost seemed like like they they knew where they wanted to go, but it was like, oh well, if we make this movie, it's going to be forty five minutes long. Let's tack in something here in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like I, w- I w- was watching, you know, the, the the counter on the movie, and I was probably a little better than halfway into the movie before the point of the movie starts. Yeah, I will say the first thirty-five or forty minutes are all character development for characters that don't require a lot of development. Yeah. I mean, these are characters that... It's a lot of talking to point out that this girl is an aspiring actress. Right. Um, and it's like, it's established very early on who her friends are. I mean, you've got her best friend, presumably, I guess. Um, I mean, they didn't seem all that close. Um, you've got the dumb blonde, you know aspiring actress you've got the, the bitchy will fuck anybody to get ahead actress yeah. you've got the aspiring director and you've got the whimsical lost in the clouds douchebag photographer guy kind of tag along yeah I mean like 10 minutes and you know who these people are yeah move on um it's like spends a lot of time establishing this relationship between uh, Sarah and this director, um, Danny, uh, Noah Segan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I consider this a spoiler, but like it, it really doesn't pay off. I mean, there's really no point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hate to <laughs> burst your bubble, but that's the the reality of it. Um, man, uh, the the people that work for Astraeus, like all three of them, just real fucking weirdos. And yeah. <laughs> at no point she did uh, Sarah seem to question 
why these people are so fucking weird. True. Um, the assistant, the guy with the bow tie, mm-hmm. he kind of reminded me, like, he gave me a sense of, like, a gay Patrick Bateman. I could see that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with his fucking three-quarter pants. Or, I guess they weren't three-quarter pants, but, like, they were cuffed, like, up to his, like, just above his ankle. Yeah. <sighs> Stupid. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he's a fucking weirdo, and he, he talked like um, um, Agent Smith from uh, The Matrix. Yeah, just very, very monotone, very, like, straightforward. And, and very deliberate in the way he pronounced things. Right. Um, yeah, so. All right, so uh, for me, I don't know, I... I feel like this did one did not live up to the hype. I, I had such high expectations going into it, but I just feel like I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Um. So that being said, but I, that's not to say I didn't enjoy it though. Um. So I think. Uh, Mm, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Uh, I think I have to look at this movie a little differently than I would most because it seems like body horror is not that popular of a genre or subgenre, I should say. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you and I are both big fans of Contracted. Um, which you know, we both said that this reminded, reminded us a lot of that. Um, but at times, yes, yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't think body horror is all that popular. Um, and so I think I have to look at it maybe from the perspective of somebody that hasn't seen a lot of body horror movies. Um, and. So I'm uh, mainly looking at it from the perspective of it it uh being like I said before, like really disjointed um and really dragging. Like it's it's almost like an endurance trial to make it through the first half of the movie. Because there's just so much like you said, like you said, uh character development and um just unnecessary exposition and story development. It's like, look, man, you're not fucking writing Citizen Kane here. Yeah. Just get to the fucking point. You know, if it, you know, if it's not a feature length, at least you made your point in a timely fashion. Right. Um, so it's like, I, I, th- I think that I would have enjoyed this more had it been a little more succinct and like maybe like a half hour, 45 minute, you know, short film mm-hmm. um, but aside from that I mean the acting was good um, the gore was good the gore was good yeah like the, oh man the kills yeah actually I'm, I'm gonna bump mine up I wanted to mention that and I forgot so I'm gonna bump up to a five just for the gore alone okay yeah um, man there's one I, I won't say who I won't say who's on the giving or receiving end but there's this one kill 
that involves a fucking hand weight. The dumbbell, yeah. The dumbbell, yeah. It's like, oh my god. That was so brutal. <laughs> yeah, just the gore and the brutality are amped up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and like, it was a pretty, like, I won't say it was seamless between CGI and practical, but it was pretty unnoticeable. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty, pretty well, well blended seams. I, I, th- I thought. And um, anyway, so yeah, uh, acting was good. The uh, effects were good. The story was, you know, it left something, a little something to be desired, but it wasn't awful. Um, it was decent at the very least. So that being said, um, I think I'm actually gonna give this. A six to give it kind of some breathing room for people, like I said, that aren't familiar with these types of films, because you know maybe they'll get a kick out of it more than people that are a little more familiar with it, like you and I. All right. So. All right. Cool. Um. So that thing that I was going to bring up at the end of the show. Now that we're here. Uh-huh. When when you texted me and said that we should buy a bar, <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and uh, she was like, well, "What what would you call your bar?" And I was like, "I don't know, because the grave plot doesn't sound like a very inviting place." <laughs> and she's like, "Would you do a horror themed bar?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think we, I think we fuck would, yeah, would. we would." And she's like, "I think you'd be better off going like super old school with it, and doing like the old Universal Monsters style." And I was like, "No, fucking eighties, mm. yeah." It's like 80s was the golden era of horror. Yeah. The only the only thing is we'd have to be really careful with copyright. Well, we wouldn't be making any money off of the decorations. They'd just be decorations. That's true. I'm not saying we couldn't do it. I'm just saying we'd have to be careful. Sure. So if you have a good name for me and Tony's bar, <laughs> me and Tony's horror-themed <laughs> bar, the horror hole, I don't know. That doesn't sound good. Uh, That's feel- too close to horror hole. <laughs> um, if you have a good name, feel free to tweet at us uh, at grave underscore plot. Um, and donate to our GoFundMe page. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't actually have one. Yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, feel free to head over to graveplotpodcast.com. You can listen to every episode. You can follow us on all the various social networks. You can buy a T-shirt. Please buy a T-shirt. And then also, uh, wherever you're listening to us, go write us a review. If it's on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or wherever you're listening, just head over there and give us a short review. Let us know how we're doing. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. um, Next episode, we're going to be reviewing The Town That Dreaded Sundown. That's the remake, right? Yes. Um, And uh, Late Phases. Which I heard is actually renamed to Night of the Lone Wolf. Really? Yep. I had not heard that. Okay. Well. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and we welcome fan feedback on both those movies. You can send them to us any way you like. Either, you know, tweet us or if it's too long to tweet, send it on Facebook or just email us. Contact at graveplotpodcast.com. There is a link at graveplotpodcast.com that you can just click on and fill out a form. It's that easy. Right. Um, so, uh, 
I think that's probably going to wrap things up for this lovely edition of the Grave Pop Podcast. I uh, hope to catch you next time. Um, until then, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this is the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside.